Good morning and Happy New Year, everyone. Thank you for coming back and joining me on this New Year's Eve edition of Next on the Tee. We are brought to you today by the great folks over at Ben Hogan Golf, the French Lick Resort, the PGA Tour Superstore, the Bobby Jones Company, Frogger Golf, and our new friends over at Orange Whip, makers of the Orange Whip Trainer. And folks, if you haven't checked out the Orange Whip, you know, and you're looking for a great, a great way to sort of limber up before your rounds and improve your club head speed, then you need to go check out the Orange Whip. Pretty cold outside, right? There isn't a better way to loosen up and get prepared for your round than by swim, uh, swinging the Orange Whip. My father, 73 years old, folks, plays five days a week. He's using the Orange Whip to loosen up before his rounds. It's improving my club head speed. Take a look at what a great training aid that it is, and I wouldn't say it if I wasn't using it myself. Go online and see for yourself at orangewhiptrainer.com. And please also check out our friends at the Bobby Jones Company. You know, you know, great winter apparel coming out now with the Bobby Jones Company. See for yourself at bobbyjones.com. You can see their great style, super soft shirts and sweaters that are going to keep you both looking good and feeling good, whether you're in the office or out on the golf course. And while you're on their site, Check out the playing lessons from Bobby Jones himself. And many of those lessons, folks, still hold true to today. So go to bobbyjones.com to see for yourself how great their apparel is and how great those golf lessons still are from Mr. Jones. I'm your host, Chris Mascaro, and this morning, you know, I'm excited to close out 2016 with two really great guests. First up with me this morning is going to be Kathleen O'Dell. And Kathleen was a three-time national championship goaltender. For, uh, for the University of North Carolina women's soccer team back in the, the mid-1980s. She's an avid golfer as well. She's won a club championship three times. She's now Territory Director of Sporting Goods on the East Coast for Nike, and she's uh, also got a couple of passionate opinions, you know, some of which around football with the, uh, with the New England Patriots. So we'll talk about all that and so much more when Kathleen joins me here in just a few minutes. Following her, I'll get a return visit from Cindy Miller, and Cindy has been named one of the top 50 women's teachers by Golf Digest. She helped captain the University of Miami's women's golf team to -to back-to-back national championships in 1977 and 78. She participated in two seasons of the Golf Channel's The Big Break. She was voted the 2010 National LPGA Teacher of the Year. In 2011, she was inducted into the Greater Buffalo Sports Hall of Fame, so A lot of great stuff with Cindy. She'll give us some more tips on how to improve our scores when she joins me a little bit later in this half hour. So it's going to be an informative and fun show this morning. I'm so glad that you're here to take the journey with me over the next hour or so. And like I mentioned a moment ago, we've got a wonderful new sponsor in Ben Hogan Golf and the Ben Hogan Golf Company. Ben Hogan started the original Ben Hogan Company with the promise to design and manufacture the best golf clubs in the world with the most exacting tolerances modern modern uh, machinery would allow back then. He felt that golfers at that time were not being given what they wanted and what they needed. And the Ben Hogan Golf Company feels the exact same way today. Over a year ago, they began a journey to bring uh, his vaunted uh, reputation and the high ideals that Ben Ben Hogan uh, uh, represented back to the golf equipment industry. The long-tenured manufacturing manager in Ben Hogan history is there to ensure that uh, Ben Hogan golf clubs are, you know, crafted exactly as Ben Hogan insisted. And the man for, you know, who over 30 years ago worked side-by-side with Mr. Hogan has been their advisor and hands-on craftsmen to make sure their master models live up to Mr. Hogan's standards. They are dedicated to producing products which provide today's golfers the combination of art, performance, and quality that Mr. Hogan would demand. Visit BenHoganGolf.com to check out their Fort Worth irons, their PTX irons, the VKTR hybrids, and TK wedges. Very simply, the best clubs you'll ever play. 
We are also sponsored by the French Lick Resort, which is an absolutely spectacular place, folks. Their Pete Dye and Donald Ross design courses are ranked number one and number two in the state of Indiana by Golf Week. It was a site of last year's Senior PGA Championship, and they hosted the LPGA Legends Championship, which we'll talk with Cindy Miller about later on in the show. Go to FrenchLick.com to see for yourself how great a place it is and to book your stay. And every week here on Next on the Tee, we like to kick off the show by saluting the brave men and women serving in every branch of our military who are tuning in around the world on the Armed Forces Radio Network. We want to thank all of you for the daily sacrifices that you and your families are making to protect our freedoms and our liberties. We also want to thank our veterans for all that you and your families have done for us over the years. It's through your strength and your efforts that our way of life continues to be possible, folks. Please. Anybody out there that's listening to this show and can hear me today or any of our past episodes, and you happen to see a member of our military when you're out and about in your daily life, please join us, you know, and thanking them. You know, whether you're out and about and you're in a grocery store, in a restaurant, in the airport, wherever you might be, please take a moment and tell them thank you. Our military folks are our true heroes. Our sincere thanks as well to Sean Cruz and all the wonderful folks over at the Armed Forces Radio Network. It is such an honor for us to have next on the T as part of your network. You can find our show by going to armedforcesradionetwork.org. And I also want to continue to remind our veterans out there, be sure to check out globalvoiceforveterans.org. You know, it is a great site with news and articles and a wealth of information that is specifically geared towards our veterans out there. I'm sure you're going to find it both interesting to you and beneficial. Again, globalvoiceforveterans.org. And I want to send out one last big thank you, and that's to our good friends over at Podbean for making Next on the T and our sister show, Thursday Night Tailgate, regularly featured podcast on their website and their mobile app. You can see us featured on the homepage and in their sports and recreation section. We really appreciate their support and what they're doing to promote our shows. It means a great deal to all of us here. If you're listening to our show as a podcast, we hope you're doing it via the Pod, uh, Podbean podcast app. And on their app, you can get instant update, updates every time we publish a new episode of Next on the Tee or Thursday Night Tailgate as well. It's free. It's a, you know, it's a great site, and it's a great app that uh, you know, you'll be able to discover and listen and learn about podcasts from all kinds of genres, right? You can get it whether you're using an Android or an iPhone. Podbean is an app on the uh, you know, Podbean uh, site. There you go to the Android store or the iPhone app store as well. You can get it and download it for free. So please be sure to check out Next on the Tee, Thursday Night Tailgate, available both as free podcasts on podbean.com. All right, now joining me on the French Lick Resort guest line is Kathleen O'Dell. Let me give you some more background on Kathleen. She attended the University of North Carolina, where she attained her Bachelor of Arts degree in communications. Uh, she was a goalkeeper on their women's soccer team and helped them to three national championships in 1983, 84, and 86. Shortly after college, she started working uh, for Nike as a product line manager. She worked her way up through their system, spending time uh, as the uh, North American sales manager for Nike's uh, soccer category. She's now a territory director of sporting goods for the East Coast, and I'm excited to have her with me and next on the tee this morning. Good morning, Kathleen. Happy New Year. Thank you for joining me on the show. Good morning, Chris. Thanks for having me. So, Kathleen, let's let's start out by going to your, you know, back to your college days. Curious, what led you to becoming, a, you know, a, a soccer player for the University of North Carolina? Well, I grew up playing soccer in Massachusetts since I was six years old, and when I was in high school, I decided, you know what, that's probably my best sport. So I committed to it um, as my only sport my senior high school, and 
I started being heavily recruited by Boston College, UConn, but I wanted to go to North Carolina, and he he came and saw me play and offered me a scholarship, and away I went. So why North Carolina? To your point, having grown up in you know in Massachusetts, how did those other schools lose out and North Carolina win? You know, it's funny. I was heavily recruited by UConn, and he said to me, you know, you could come push us over the top to win the national championship. And then Carolina was the reigning, I think they had won three national championships at that point. And you had to decide, do you go with the team that you can maybe push over the top or go with the reigning national champions? And I fell in love with the campus, and it was my most favorite place I've ever been. I love I love Chapel Hill. I love Carolina. Go Heels! <laughs> Kathleen, like I said, you, you, you won three national championships in four years there. If you go back to, to 1982, when I believe the, that was the first year that the NCAA you know, served as the governing body for women's college soccer, North Carolina, North Carolina has won you know, 21 national championships since then. And in 1981, North Carolina, you know, so you go back, you know, to the prior year, they were the AIAW national championship, to your point about, you know, having come in as, you know, reigning national championships. So 22 national championships since 1981 in all for North Carolina. So you know, curious, you know, what, what is it about North Carolina women's soccer that keeps it, you know, winning national championships year in and year out? No, I think Anson has, a, Anson Dorrance has a system and he picks players who fit the system. Uh, you know, he doesn't always get the best kid or the most talented kid, but he does get the girl who fits his system, and I think that's what keeps him successful. I mean, he's won in four decades now, and I think he's adapted the game as the game has changed. And But I think the system is what makes his his team so successful. And Kathleen, when when I talk to elite athletes like you, I often find that they are, seem to be you know more bothered by games or tournaments they lost you know years later, reflecting back on you know on the time that they played whatever sport it is. But they, they seem to be more bothered by the losses than it, you know than happy about the wins. So when you look back over your college career, do you think more about the three national championships that you won, or does the runner-up finish in '85 still bother you? No, that's really funny, and I I have to say that I can I can go over every shot in the '85 loss more so than I can the ones that we won, and I don't know why that is, but yeah, '85 we lost two games in '85, and then I lost one other game. I it was my first game my freshman year that we lost, so I only lost three games in college, but I could pretty much tell you every play that happened in those ones that we lost more so than the ones that we won. I think it's because you didn't, you didn't, you didn't execute. You didn't do what you set out to do. And I think that's why those stick in your mind. I just saw this great show this morning about uh, Alabama and they were saying that he, you know, when they win, Nick Saban kind of moves on, but when they lose, he dissects every play and, and he tries to figure out why that happened and make sure it doesn't happen again. Yeah, I always find it interesting, and you know, on the football side, particularly, it seems like with kickers. You know, we, we've talked to several guys, and, and actually, a North Carolina alum, Jeff Reed, who played for a long time for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He remembers, you know, a kick, you know, against the Chicago Bears in a regular season game 
that you know he missed that you know the cost of steel is an opportunity to win he he reflects back on on those so much harder than the number of game winning kicks that he has and it's interesting to me how athletes do that you know they they, they spend more time on the negative than than rejoicing in the positive it, you know it's interesting you bring up that thing about Nick Saban uh, i guess it is it's you know trying to continue to learn from the failures and uh, and uh, instead of celebrating the times that, that you won. It's an interesting thing to me. I find the same thing. I don't know why that is, but I guess uh, we should spend more time celebrating the good things we do. Yes, I agree. We should. And Kathleen, your, your team's soccer success also came at a time when the men's basketball team was having a great deal of success at North Carolina, thanks to a kid named Michael Jordan and you know other guys like Sam Perkins and Brad Doherty, Kenny Smith. What was it like being on campus and winning national championships alongside the time that those guys were having success as well? So I always tell people, they're like, oh, was the basketball team good when you were there? And the guys that you just named off were the starting five my freshman year. And you know, we kind of thought we were big deal, you know, the women's soccer team, we were winning. But, you know, you go to those games and you see the starting five basically, you know, stars in the NBA. But one of my greatest highlights is um, I was in the, the elevator of the dorm and I looked up and it was Michael Jordan. And when we went to practice, we had, we call it practice strip. We had a, you know, uniform that they gave us. And he looked over at my roommate and I and he's like, well, you guys are having a good year. And I just sat there staring at him like, wow, Jordan knows soccer. And, <laughs> you know, like that's the highlight of my career is Michael Jordan knew that I was a soccer player. And it was Michael Jordan. <laughs> that's great. Kathleen, let's switch over. Let's you talk know, he a little wasn't, bit about I, I have to say, though, I do have to say yeah. when I was at Carolina, Jordan was great, but you never knew that he would be as good as he was, that – you know, the big joke is who could hold Jordan under 20 points? It's Dean Smith. So to see him go from Carolina to the pros and what he became, it's like we, we had no idea he was that good. Yeah, no, absolutely. I remember I remember those days very well, and, and you're right. You know, at the time, and, you know, certainly having, you know, made the, the, the game-winning shot to win the national championship, you knew he was going to be a good player. Yeah, but I'm sure at that time no one knew he was going to become MJ and, you know, the, the megastar and, the, and the, probably the greatest player in, in basketball history. But, yeah, it's interesting to, to look back on what he was at North Carolina and then what he became, obviously, in the NBA. Kathleen, let's talk a little golf. And you, you told me before the show that, that you played golf as a kid, but you took 20 years off before taking it up more seriously when you went to work for Nike. So, you know, going back to the beginning, who first put a golf club in your hands? Uh, my grandfather did. They lived on a golf course, and every time we would go there for the summer, he would always get my sister and I out there playing, and we played in the junior league at the club, and, you know, I really enjoyed it. But when I went home, I, you know, I played soccer and softball and basketball, so I didn't play it. And then I played a little bit in college, just um, kind of fooling around. But then when I started at Nike, you know, my colleagues played, and then you started playing for work, and I kind of really got into it, and uh, I've been a junkie ever since. And I think playing hockey all my life as well has helped me become a better golfer. You know, just that hand-eye coordination and kind of the it's not the same motion, but it's a very similar motion as far as hitting the ball. So 
you know, you fast forward, you know, like you say, 20 years later, you're, you're at Nike, you know, again, you know, going back to, you know, thinking about, you know, Michael Jordan at North Carolina. Did you, did you ever get a chance to tee it up with Michael, whether it's at an alumni event or a Nike event or that sort of thing? I've never played with, with Jordan. I've played with some other people. Um, I played in Mia Hamm's golf tournament every year and, you know, you'd, you'd get paired with BJ Surhoff or some other great Carolina alum. Roy Williams is always there, which I always love doing. Um, but I've never played with Michael. I would love to do that, by the way. So, Michael, if you're listening, <laughs> call me. I'd love to play around. There you go. So you, know, <laughs> you, you mentioned some of the other great Carolina athletes or coaches. But who are some of the other folks you've had an opportunity to play with now that you've been, you know, with Nike for, you know, over 25 years? Uh, wow, that's – now you're putting me on the spot. Um God, who? That's it's kind of funny. I mostly a lot of women uh, players because again through Mia's golf tournament, I tend to uh, play more with my accounts. Um, but uh, you know what? I one event that I play every year is the RFK Memorial Golf Tournament uh, up in Hyannis, and I've met a lot of great people through there. And to watch Ethel Kennedy hit the ball still, I think she's 89 years old, is amazing. Um, but you know a lot of great politicians and and some stars through that. But uh, Annika Sorenstam was at Mia's tournament, and we were the the foursome behind her. And Julie Foudy was uh, Rasner the whole round, so that was a, a memorable event. So as you mentioned, Mia Hamm, and you know being from you know Massachusetts, that obviously brings to mind Nomar Garcia Para. Ever get to, ever get Nomar. the opportunity to meet Nomar? I have met Nomar. Uh, you know, Mia, I've known Mia for a lot of years. She actually stayed with me on her recruiting trip a long time ago uh, to Carolina. Wow. But um, we had a chance to work together at Nike. I actually was the product line manager who des- uh, who developed all of her products. So I worked pretty closely with Mia, and that's when she met Nomar. Noma, as we like to say. And uh, yeah, he's a great guy. A uh, great family man. They're they're uh, you know a beautiful couple and they have great kids and um, just you know great to meet them and hang out with them and and get to know them over the years. So looking back at you know the 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 you know tournaments you've had an opportunity to play with and opera, you know the, the different golf courses you played on. Do you have a favorite golf course you know that, that you love to tee it up at or a group of golf courses that are your favorite to go play? Well, you know, I um, I have played a lot of great golf courses. I have to say that TPC Sawgrass is one of my favorite courses. Um, I have played Pinehurst. Number eight is absolutely delightful. I love playing that one. Um, Torrey Pines is a good one for a public course. A little expensive, but for a public course, it's a great, um, tough, challenging course. And I will say um, Doral is probably the hardest course I've played recently. Is that right? Yeah, I did a lot of bunkers. <laughs> <laughs> I played it at the beginning of the year, too. I kind of want to go back and play it. You know, when you play something at the beginning of the season and then you, you want to have a chance to play it again uh, once you've kind of gotten into your golf swing. Right. So, so Kathleen, you know, is. You know, obviously, we learned earlier this year, right, that Nike was getting out of the golf business. Did that come as a surprise to you when the company came out with that news, or is that something you saw coming? 
Uh, we kind of saw it coming. We um, we are divesting uh, from uh, the equipment business. We have a third party that handles a lot of our our balls and and such. So it wasn't surprising that we got out of it. I think the quickness that we we got out of it came as a little bit of a surprise. But you know, it's that's it's a tough business, low margins, and we were such a small part of it. I think we really want to focus on footwear and apparel, which um, we are much more dominant at, and I think it's the right thing to do for the brand. And so, of course, we're supportive of it. Uh, it, it will be weird seeing our players uh, using other brands. Um, yeah. But I, I think it's the right thing to do for the brand. You know, to your point about weird seeing, you know, players using other things, we, we've seen Tiger Woods, right, switching over to, you know, Bridgestone golf balls, hitting some tailor-made yeah. woods now. So, you know, just for you on a on a personal level, are you know, you're in the process? Are you, are you changing out your golf bag? <laughs> no, it's funny. I actually I, I have tried a few other clubs. I actually like my Nike Vapor Irons, and I'm a big uh, I love our Vapor uh, White, the resin white golf ball. I actually play in the yellow, the Volt color. And when I found out we were divesting from it, they had an employee sale, and I must have bought like 20 boxes. And I think that people <laughs> thought I was crazy. But I have about a five-year supply now in the in the basement, so I'm I'm good for a while. <laughs> hey, Kathleen, <laughs> I was I was painful you know, price for things is crazy too. What's that? <laughs> I said the thought of paying full price for balls is is a little maddening as well when you're in the business. <laughs> With you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kathleen, as I was looking through your Twitter feed, and you mentioned, you know, obviously, you know, talking about being from Massachusetts, I see a lot of New England Patriots posts on there. So, get, curious to get your thoughts on the, on the Patriots so far this season. So I'm a diehard Pats fan, and I think, you know, I don't want to jinx it, but I actually feel really good about this year um i think today uh, tomorrow's game is huge we anytime you run through foxborough in january it's a tough task for any team so coming out of the miami game we we've got to secure a home field advantage uh brady looks great um you know it's a shame gronk's not playing but you know bennett and lewis and as i always say blunt force trauma up the middle they're they're pretty tough (laughs) And the defense looks good too, which uh, it's usually our Achilles heel, but the, but the guys actually look really good right now. So uh, I'm yeah, pretty I confident. think that's a, that's a part of that's a part of their game that's not getting enough attention. It's surprising to me when you look back and you look over, you know, the statistics on defense, and you know they're one of the top defenses, particularly on you know allowing fewer points than I think everybody in the NFL so far this season. Yep. So I think that's a that's a side of the ball that you know when you think New England Patriots, you don't often think defense but this year their defense is playing very well yeah they have a nice uh young group of guys and and you know they might give up a lot of yards but they keep them out of the end zone which is the most important thing but it's a shame that Carr got hurt too that that kind of uh you know changed things a little bit but i'm I'm smiling a little bit <laughs> so talking about nomar and then obviously the on the patriots as well red sox fan Oh, huge Red Sox fan. I think one of the greatest things I've ever did is we took my dad to the 2004 World Series. Oh. And, uh, you know, you, you can't, um, you know, to win it and to be there with your dad, it, it was the greatest thing. 
we were we were there in 04, so that's very exciting. Yeah, no, that's you know I'm a Red Sox fan as well, so yeah, that's one of the you know, most special times in my life as well. So thoughts on Chris Sale? I mean, do, 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 do the Red Sox become the Golden State Warriors of Major League Baseball next season now? Uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. I uh, I think he will help. I don't know if that was, was our pro. You know, the guys are going to have one more year under their belt. I think they kind of were a little blinded by the bright lights. Um, but you can never have too much pitching. I think we gave up a lot to get him. So hopefully, um, and maybe it'll take pressure off a of price to not be that number one guy. But we have a pretty strong rotation. I'm pretty pretty excited. And the killer bees, yeah, they've got a fun. lot of young talent. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's gonna watch. It's gonna be fun watching to see how you know how this pitching staff does. Right, you bring back Porcello as the Cy Young Award winner. David Price had a very strong year, though much maligned in Boston because you know I think a lot of oh. we Red Sox fans didn't you know. Looked at uh, looked at his results and and uh, you know for thirty million dollars a year sort of scratched our heads, but still had a good year. And then you you put Chris Sale on top of that, and you're right. You got a young a young nucleus with with Betts and Bogarts and and Jackie Bradley Jr. and you know and and uh, Ben Attendee. And boy, this team could be yep. good for for uh, for a lot of years to come. You know, has anyone ever won the Cy Young Award as quietly as Portello did this year? I mean. <laughs> I, I, when I read that at the end, I was like, "Really? He won? That's crazy!" Because you just—I don't know. I just—I thought it was kind of kind of cool, but didn't get a lot of attention. I think it should have, or at least he did. And Kathleen, you know, our show goes out over the Armed Forces Radio Network, and I saw you were you were rooting for Navy in this year's Army Navy matchup, and Army finally broke their 14-year losing streak to Navy this year. Was there a particular reason you were going down uh, the path of rooting for Navy? So I, you know, I think I told you we, we, uh, my grandparents were from Maryland and all my cousins were, and I have to say my cousins married a lot of Navy guys, um, who came out of the Academy. And, uh, so I'm a, I'm a big supporter of Navy. I love, you know, I love army too, but, uh, I'm supporting the family and, and all of my cousins, husbands who graduated from the Naval Academy. So I have to say I'm a Navy, Navy person. So Kathleen, just a couple more before we let you go, and uh, you know, here we are. It's New Year's Eve. New Year's resolutions for you for 2017? Yeah, you know, I have to hit the gym again. Um, I have been eating like it's my job for the past 30 days, <laughs> and uh, I've decided I'm uh, just disgusted with myself. So it's like, you know, when you gain five pounds from Thanksgiving to Christmas, you know, you've been eating pretty seriously. So I'm gonna. Commit to working out again, uh, at least a little more uh, robustly. I had my knee replaced last December, so I actually feel great and um, have been working out more than I have in a long time. So I'm going to really commit to getting in the best shape since college. That's my goal. When you look ahead to 2017, anything in you know anything in particular, a group of things in particular you're looking forward to uh, to getting out of 2017 besides the workouts? You know, I think uh, I have a few things in my golf game that I want to work on. I uh, I want to, uh, you know, finish strong throughout the whole year. I kind of, I'm one of those golfers who I start off poorly, but then I get in the groove. And then, um, you know, I, my, I'm terrible at the beginning of the year and when my handicap's really low. And then all of a sudden I get it 
to be really low at the end of the year, which is terrible. I guess probably everybody does that, but um, mm-hmm. I want to work on my golf game. But, you know, I, I want the country to come together. I know it's it's been a crazy year, just peace, love, and um, just a, a, everybody kind of coming together and working together and, and coming back together, I think, is something I hope for. Yeah, be good to I, each I other. I join you in that. Yes. We need indeed. to be good to each other. Kathleen, be, uh, before we let you go, how can our listeners stay up to date with all the things that you're doing, whether it's online or over social media? Oh, you know, I I'm I'm kind of become a, a Twitter person. I've I've I'm not really on other parts of social media, but I am on Twitter at Kodel Nike. Um, so if you want to follow me, I'm very opinionated, big sports person, but also a little political. So. Uh, my feed is always a little uh, interesting, to say the least. Yes, it is. Kathleen, <laughs> thank you so much for taking time out of your morning to be a part of this show. It's been a lot of fun talking with you. I hope you'll come back and do it again with me sometime. You know, as a as a fellow Red Sox fan, love to love to chat a little Red Sox. We'll talk some golf as well, obviously, on this show. And and uh, you know, hopefully, we get the the opportunity to spend some more time with you in 2017. It's been great. No, thank you for having me, and uh, Happy New Year to you and everybody out there. And, and uh, again, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Kathleen. Happy New Year to you and your family as well. I look forward to the opportunity, like I say, hopefully to catch up with you again real soon. Take care. Bye. And this is Kathleen O'Dell, again, a three-time national champion at uh, the University of North Carolina for their women's soccer team and, and now uh, you know, working with Nike. A lot of fun. Hopefully we get the opportunity to spend some more time with Kathleen, maybe get her on the Red Sox show uh, during, the, uh, during the baseball season as well. A lot of fun. All right, before I get to my next guest, uh, Cindy Miller, I want to give a shout-out to our friends over at the Bobby Jones Company. You know, folks, cold, damp, windy days, those are game changers. But you can beat the odds with Bobby Jones layers, from their quarter-zip pullovers, you know, super soft sweaters, to their other great winter apparel. You know, go online at bobbyjones.com to see all of their great styles. And while you're on their site, click on the equipment link to see their great line of drivers, fairway woods, and hybrids designed by one of the game's most influential equipment designers, Mr. Jesse Ortiz. And, and like his father, Lou, and, and Bobby Jones himself, really, Jesse has a passion for golf and golf club design. You remember his great tri-metal woods back from his days with Olimar. Well, now he's putting his creativity and his innovative design, designs to work, you know, creating great golf equipment for the Bobby Jones Company. Check it out online by going on the Equipment tab on bobbyjones.com or go directly there by going to bobbyjonesclubs.com. And if you're looking for great accessories, you know, from a golf bag to, to towels to, you know, all kinds of great, wonderful, you know, golf accessories, check out our friends over at froggergolf.com. What a wonderful array of products they have available for us all. You know, they've got their amphibian towel, which won the best new product at the PGA Merchandise Show back in 2009, or their new catch latch technology that easily and securely attaches and releases, whether it's your amphibian towel, your, your brush pro club cleaner, or, you know, any number of things to and from your golf bag, right? It's really great stuff. So, you know, they've got a lot of other great accessories for under $20 as well. So, you know, and their golf bag, folks. What a tremendous golf bag they have. It, uh, you know, it's uh, got so many pockets and, and, and places to put, you know, all kinds of different things. So you're going to really love it. Take a, take a look at it. FroggerGolf.com. Great folks over there as well. So please go check them out. All right, we're going to get to my next guest, Cindy Miller. We're going to get to Cindy on the other side of this station identification.
You're listening to Next on the Tee with Chris Mascaro, heard around the world on the Armed Forces Radio Network. And now back with me on the French Lick Resort guest line is Cindy Miller. Let me give you some more background on Cindy. She's from Silver Creek, New York, which is about 45 miles southwest of Buffalo. Played her college golf and was a walk-on, mind you, at the University of Miami. And there she became an All-American in her senior year. She served as team captain and helped Miami win back-to-back national championships on the ladies' golf team in 1977 and 78. She won the New York State Amateur Championship in 1978 and qualified for the LPGA Tour in 79. She played on the tour for a few years before she met her husband, PGA Tour Pro Alan Miller. She competed in five U.S. Opens. She's a Class A LPGA professional. She was named LPGA Teacher of the Year in 2010, and Golf Digest named her as one of the top 50 women teachers in America. She was a contestant on two of the golf show's big break seasons, the uh, Big Break Three Ladies Only and the Big Break Seven Reunion. In 2011, Cindy was inducted into the Greater Buffalo Sports Hall of Fame, and she competes now on the LPGA Legends Tour, and I'm very excited to have her back with me again on Next on the Tee. Good morning, Cindy. Thank you for coming back on the show. Well, good morning, Chris. Thanks for having me. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you as well, you and Alan and your family. Well, thank you. So, Cindy, one of the things that I've uh, been talking to, you know, people that are as accomplished as you, whether it's in the game of golf or in other sports, you know, is, you know, do you ever take time to sit back and reflect on all of the things that you have accomplished over the course of your career, and not just in winning the golf tournaments and the national championships that you've won, but also what you have meant to so many people, whether it's you know on a personal level, teaching them the game, because you have done so much in, a, in an array of things across you know the game of golf. Do you ever take time out and sit back and think, wow, I really did a lot of things for a lot of people? You know, I don't. <laughs> When I just listened to you say all that stuff, I was like, wow, maybe I am supposed to be a golfer. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. No, I've never even thought about it. But I can tell you that one of my New Year's resolutions is to make a difference. So it's time to help others. Wow, you certainly helped out so many others already. You know, I, when I die, I don't want God to say, oh, my God, you chicken. You didn't do what I wanted you to do. So so what does that mean? What, when, you, when you want to make a big difference, how? how? What other things can you do in the game of golf to make a big difference that you don't think you've already done? Well, I can tell you that I, I don't know how much you know about our story, about Alan and I. We happen to be the only married couple in the world that have played on all four major tours the LPGA Mm -hmm. Tour, the PGA Tour, the Champions Tour, and the Legends Tour. And life wasn't always so sweet and rosy. Um, Alan played on three Walker or two Walker Cup teams and a World Cup team. He he played in the Masters five times, and he never really lived up to his potential. And he had a, a problem with drinking and became an alcoholic. And when he quit playing the tour, um, we went from having dinner at Bob Hope's house to uh, teaching golf at a public driving range in Buffalo, New York. Not that that's a bad thing, but it's a huge change. And he depression took over, and he tried to commit suicide. And then he left, and I was trying to teach the kids. And life was really yucky, and I filed for divorce, and I lost the divorce, and then we ended up never filing the papers in the courthouse. So we've got a pretty, besides the golf part of it, we've got a pretty good story of persistence and never giving up. 
And in the midst of all these years of the chaos, this thing came to me, and it's called the It Box. And there are three things in the It Box. Number one is a nail, and the nail signifies pain. How bad does it have to hurt before you're willing to change? And the second thing in the box is a mirror. If you choose to pursue your it, you have to be willing to look in the mirror. And the third thing in this physical box is a seed. And if you know why you're doing things and you're going to stop the pain and you're willing to look in the mirror, you've got to plant a seed to do something about it. So my mission is to spread the it box everywhere globally that you all have the freedom to make choices that can change your life. And so we've created a 501c3 called Pursue Your It, Inc. And we've got a youth organization that we're starting. And we want to do this for kids of all ages. So that's my big, hairy goal. So do you share that now with your, with your young students as, you know, as they're coming you know, to you and, and to Alan to, to teach them the game of golf? Do I hear what? I mean, no. I mean, do you do you share that? Is that something you share with your with your with your young students as they're coming we to you to learn the game? We have shared it to this point. We just created the five hundred one c three, and we have a meeting with all the kids next Saturday, and we're going wow. to have them learn to create their own organization, and they're going to run the organization, and we're going to create leaders out of these kids. And what, you know what helped to start it, too, is not only the story and the it box that came to me, and we have created a physical box. So if you go to PursueYourIt.com or PursueYourIt.org, you can read about what I'm talking about. But Patty Sheehan invited me to come speak at the National Role Model Summit in April of 2015. And what it was was 20 different athletes. Uh, some Houston Oilers, San Diego Chargers, golfers, some gang members. And there were four speakers put in a bus, and there were five buses. And they took us around to the schools in Reno and Lake Tahoe, and we spoke to 20,000 kids in one day. Wow. Wow. And we shared our stories with them. And that night at the dinner, they asked me to do my it speech. So when I did the it speech, Speech, I challenge people that I will not give it to you. You have to have the courage to pick it up all by yourself. So I lined the stage with all these boxes. And then I challenged them, you know, I dare you to pick it up and do something with it. And so on the way home on the plane, I thought, we got to do this in Buffalo. we got to do this everywhere. How many kids, and I don't care how much money you have. You could be poor. You could be rich. You know, I teach kids that have no money, and I teach kids who've got a lot of money. And guess what? We all got a pile. So if we could just share this message that you have the freedom to make choices that can change your life, you know, how many kids can we change? No matter whether your right. parents are alcoholics or, you know, you've been bullied at school or you're overweight or you've got a drug problem or whatever it might be, you know, if you live in a free country, you can make choices that can change your life. Right. And it's time to do it. So that's that's my mission now. And and Cindy, you say you say the you know, the it box came to you. When you mean when you say came to you, is that 
envision all of a sudden you had based on some other things no, that were you know, going on that you created years. or someone was, brought it, it to it you? Was, no, it was years and years and years. And, we, you know, we used to be Amway distributors. In fact, I'm still an Amway distributor, but I don't go to the meetings. But And, and you had to go listen to all these speakers, and it was like rah-rah speakers. But you know what? It was good to hear positive messages. And so one of the stories was, was this story about this dog that kept whining. And, and the next-door neighbor came over and said, what is the matter with your dog? He's driving me nuts. And he said, oh, he's sitting on a nail. And he goes, sitting on a nail? Why doesn't he get up? And he said, well, because it doesn't hurt bad enough. And so that, that really, really made a difference to me, this nail thing. And yeah. that was the first part of the box. And then, um, you know, it was probably years later, you know, it's time to look in the mirror. Stop blaming Alan for everything in your life. It's not Alan's fault. You have the freedom to make choices that can change your life, Cindy. And so when the, when the senior tour showed up, I read the, the summary on a Monday morning that there was a Legends tour. And I was like, whoa, I know all those people. I played against them. I want to prove to myself that the dream that I had when I was 20 years old wasn't just a nightmare because I was never good enough. So I, it was like, okay, time to look in the mirror. What's wrong with you? Are you afraid to win? Are you afraid to lose? Why do you choke your guts out? Are you not good enough swinging? What's the deal? So in 2000, I made it a mission to do everything I could to change me and to be willing to expose every tiny little elephant in my life and reveal the truth so I could unlock my personal potential. And that's when I applied to be on the big break in 2004. The little voice in my head said, well, you want to win a Legends Tour? We both know that you'd throw up and puke on the 18th hole if you were tied for the lead and had to hit a shot over water in front of thousands of people with the TV cameras on you. I'm like, oh, good point. You're right. So you need to be on this show so you can learn how not to choke your guts out. Wasn't that funny? I applied to be on the show. I got chosen to be on the show. And the first tournament after the show finished was the High V Classic on the Legends Tour. And I got an exemption. I didn't have to qualify. And I birdied the 17th hole, and I walked to the 18th tee, tied for the lead, having to hit a shot over water with thousands of people watching. And I didn't choke. So it's like, okay, that gave me chills, right? I'm supposed to be doing this. And the third thing in the box is the seed. And it's funny because we happen to be Christians. And when we were going through all this trouble, I was going to a Christian counselor and I would always cry and whine about Alan because, of course, it was all his fault. And um, this one day I was crying and the tears were dripping down my face and the boogers were going in my mouth and I didn't have any Kleenex. And so that Brian was the counselor guy and he got up and he goes, hang on, I'm going to get you some toilet paper. And uh, he came back and he handed me the water toilet paper and he goes, you know, I just want to tell you something. The Lord just told me to tell you something. I said, oh, really? I'm like a little brat, right? Said, oh, okay, what did he tell you to tell me? And he said, uh, he told me to tell you that he has planted a seed in your life and you keep digging it up to see if it's growing. He said, you need to leave the seed alone. You need to water it. You need to put it in the light and you need to nurture it. And if you do, there's no telling how good this story can end. Wow. And there's my it box. Yeah. That's amazing. That's an amazing story. So, yeah. So I, I applied for this 501c3. I'm like, oh my gosh, should I really do this? I don't know what I'm doing. And I got granted the 
the nonprofit foundation access, you know, in three days. <laughs> I was thinking it was going to take a year, you know. Yeah. So we've got a meeting next Saturday. I'm not sure exactly what we're going to do. I just talked to a man who was the superintendent of the Buffalo School uh, District. So we're going to talk about doing the stuff in all the schools in Western New York. We'll start in Western New York, and then we'll move out from there. So, Cindy, you know, and you, and you talk about, you know, the mental side and the don't choke and all of those sorts of things. We talk about the mental side of the game on this show a lot. How, how, how were you able to overcome the negative thoughts that can you know, come into your mind and that sort of thing and get over that, put that aside to be able to perform to your best in a, you know, in a very stressful situation? Well, you need to know yourself. And, and so among, you know, this whole time, we've become certified in behavior, motivation, and judgment. And so given that, anybody that takes lessons from us, we've got an Own Your Game Academy. We make them take a behavioral assessment, a passion assessment, uh, an audiovisual kinesthetic assessment, and I'm certified in golf site because if you don't know yourself, you're not going to be able to perform your best under pressure. And so me knowing me, that I'm a competitive control freak who tries too hard, uh, when I feel that pressure, I almost try to tick myself off. I play better mad than I do what that I'm protecting. So you must be pursuing. For me, i got to be pursuing, not protecting. Now, Alan, on the other hand, is absolutely the opposite of me. He's like a Jason Duffner, Ernie Owls, Freddie Couples. He's Mr. Chill. So if we challenged him, he'd lock up. Whereas me, kick me off a little bit, and I'll show you. So I'm always <laughs> trying to prove something. But you, but you yeah. have to know yourself. If you don't know yourself, you don't know how, to, how you're going to best respond to the pressure. And that's why, again, you've got to expose yourself. So that's why I applied to be on two big breaks. I had to be willing to look like a jerk. The more you put yourself in that situation, the better. Uh-huh. And now I'm thrilled, you know, we're so lucky with the Legends Tour that we've got French Lick Resort willing to sponsor us and the cook company. Um, there's going to be an LPGA Senior Championship next year. So we're going to have another major. And then in 2018, we're going to have the Legends you know, the first senior U.S. Open. So it, that's the beautiful thing about golf. It's never too late to be what you might have been. And, you know, just to further down that path, you know, the French Lick Resort is one of, one of our wonderful sponsors as well, and it's a spectacular place, you know, just, to, oh you know, just as a resort. Yeah, and then you got the, two, the golf courses there. But, yeah, talk about, talk about the resort and, uh, and that Legends Championship that, uh, that they've hosted. Well, it was just announced a few weeks ago. We've had a Legends Open Championship, but it's never been a major championship. So now the LPGA has gotten involved and fought for us, which is nice because, you know, I'm not a star from the tour. You know, for me, I'm like a token field filler, but I get to play. And it's, it's a dream come true, and it's proof that, you know, the dream we had at 17 years old wasn't a nightmare. On the other hand, people like Julie Inkster and Laura Davies and Patty Sheen and Pat Bradley and, you know, and soon to be Annika, Michelle McGann, you know, these girls are awesome and, and they get to continue to compete. And um, the legends, the French Lick Resort is one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in my life. It's like a diamond in the middle of the woods. And you, you walk in, have you been to the, the what's it, the West Baden Hotel? Right, yes. Have you been there, Chris? Yes, I have. 
oh, my God. You walk in and you look up and you go, how did they build this? And it's so <laughs> beautiful. It's an atrium coliseum thing. And then the other hotel and casino is huge. It, and it's in the middle of nowhere, no offense. But, I mean, it just goes to show if you've got a big dream, you can do anything. Right. And the golf courses, that's the hardest golf course I've ever played. I mean, you stand on the first tee with, with punch butt cheeks. <laughs> you play, yeah. you know, 72 holes with clutch butt cheeks, to be honest with you. But, but again, it's great, it's great practice. And Brendan Sweeney and Dave Harner and Lisa Harner and Steve and Connie Ferguson and Joe Vizozo, I'm not, I know I'm sure I'm killing his name, but the, the nicest people I've ever been with, the, they run the resort. Every person that works there treats it like they own the place. It's just, it's awesome. So we're so grateful. Yeah, it is. And, it, and, you know, one of the things that I don't think gets enough attention, Cindy, is the LPGA Legends Tour, because one of the things that's very unique to the tour is the access that people can get to, you know, players like you. And you mentioned some of the other great, you know, Nancy Lopez is out there, Jan Stevenson, Sandra Palmer, Jane Blaylock, Pat Bradley, the list goes on and on, the greatest players in, you know, in the history of the LPGA most likely. You know, you get really good access to those players. Talk about, you know, the interactions that you, you know, you ladies are able to have with the fans that come out and, you know, and uh, watch the tournaments. Well, it's not only that, but we do clinics. I mean, there's no ropes. You can come talk to us. And, again, it's great for me because I get access to all these girls that were my heroes. Kathy Whitworth, I mean, she comes out. And a year and a half ago at the last, you know, French Lick tournament, I'm like, get over here. Help me with my swing. She goes, will you please swing it back more deliberately? You do everything so fast. I go, oh, I know, I know. But, I, you know, I just. It's, it's your heroes, and it's so sad because a lot of these younger players don't even know who these people are. I mean, yeah. Joanne Carner. I mean, they're just Sandra Palmer, Sandra Haney. They're just awesome. So you should come watch us play. Indeed. And, Cindy, like I mentioned in your intro, back in 2011, you were inducted into the Greater Buffalo Sports Hall of Fame. What was it like being recognized like that by the city of Buffalo? You know, I was really surprised, and and it was such an honor. And when you're with all these other guys, you know, Jim Kelly and Reggie Ferguson and, oh, my God, Daryl Talley, all these guys, you know, the football players, the baseball players, and then, the you know, the volleyball players that you may never have even heard of. But everybody's got a story. And, and to me, that's the beautiful part of it is what are you willing to do to continually pursue your personal potential. And that's what that's all about. It, they all had stories of hardship. They all had stories of, of pain, you know, but you got to persevere. So it doesn't matter what your game is. You don't have to play golf. You can play football. You can play the game of business. You know, you can play being a school teacher. But are you going to be the best school teacher ever? You know, you got to pursue your personal potential. And that's what it was all about. It was it was being recognized for not giving up. And, and that's what I think it's all about, is not giving up. Mm-hmm. Cindy, just a couple more before we let you go. And, again, as you know, one of the best teachers of the game of golf in the business, 
I got to get a, a what's a tip from you that some of our listeners can take out to the golf course this weekend that might help them save a stroke or two off their scores. Hmm. What is a tip? Swing the club head and brush the grass. Swing the club head and brush the grass. If you brush the grass, you're not going to top the ball. Huh? There you if go. You swing the club head, the club head's going to come back down to the bottom of the arc. And if the club head comes down to the bottom of the arc and brushes the grass, it's going to go in the air and it's going to go straight. And you can play anywhere if you can hit it in the air and straight. <laughs> so <laughs> swing the club head and brush the grass. There you go. All right. And and Cindy, as I was kind of going over your your Twitter feed, some of the you know some of the things that stuck out to me were you know your uh, your thoughts on the on the Buffalo Sabers and uh, our good friend on the football side, Christine Lisi from over at ESPN is also a big Buffalo Sabers fan. We were talking to her about that not that long oh, ago, but curious is. to get your thoughts on the Sabers so far. Um, you know, I don't follow the Sabers as much as I follow the Bills, so forgive me for that, but I do love them all, and I and I believe that they should do the On Your Game Academy with me. I think I can help the Bills and the Sabers. They need a little mental help, so I think we need to do a little team building with the boys. And Mama Miller is willing to give it to them. I don't know if they're willing to listen though. But that's 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 a little challenge to them. If anybody's listening, give Mama Miller a shout. I keep telling Bud Carpenter at the Bills, he's the head trainer, I said, buddy, I could help these boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up, Cindy. I'm like, yeah, okay, you don't want to listen. <laughs> well, you'd think they'd want to do something different because what they've been doing isn't working, so they might as well give something absolutely. new a shot. It's absolutely. It's like, okay, I guess it doesn't hurt bad enough. You guys need a nail? I'll give you the nail because you clearly don't want to look in the mirror. <laughs> Great. So we could take our little it box a lot of different places, can't we? <laughs> uh. yeah. yeah, you should be going around the city of Buffalo and taking out the sports teams. They could use your help. They could. Cindy, how can our listeners follow you, whether it's online or over social media? At Cindy Miller Golf. And, uh, CindyMillerGolf.com, and if you were looking for uh, motivational speakers, CindyMillerInc.com. I would love to come in and pursue their it. So Twitter and, uh, and uh, Instagram and everything is Cindy Miller at CindyMillerGolf. The golf website is CindyMillerGolf.com. Speaking website, CindyMillerInc.com. Very good. And, t- and talk again about the pursue your it. You know, let them yes. know how they can find out more yeah, information. It's org. if you want me to come in and speak to your school, or Pursue Your It, Inc. for corporations. I would love to come help you uh, pursue your personal potential and or your team potential. And thank you That's for having stuff. me, Chris, and happy Absolutely, New Year. Absolutely, Cindy. Thank you. Same to you, Alan, and your whole family. Points. Thank you so much for being a part Thanks, of the show. Honey. You're fantastic. God bless. All right. Take care, Cindy. We'll catch up soon. All right. Bye-bye. That is Cindy Miller. Again, you want to talk about, you know, just an absolutely spectacular teacher of the game of golf and now really, you know, doing great stuff on the mental side as well. Please, Cindy Miller Golf. You can find her online and on Twitter as well. 
All right, folks, time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the T. But before we close up shop, you know, I want to continue to remind you about the great things that our good friend uh, Jim Estes is doing and that they are doing over at the Salute Military Golf Association. Let's hear a word from Jim. The Salute Military Golf Association was created to provide rehabilitative golf experiences to the brave men and women who have been wounded while serving our country. Hi, I'm Jim Estes, PGA Golf Pro and co-founder of the Salute Military Golf Association. With my adaptive golf program, we've successfully helped thousands of soldiers in their recovery, both mentally and physically. The SMGA has been providing family-inclusive golf experiences across the country since 2007. To date, the SMGA has equipped more than 1,000 warriors with properly fitted golf clubs and has extended its clinic series to more than eight chapter and affiliate locations across the U.S. If you are a wounded veteran interested in participating or if you'd like to learn more about the Salute Military Golf Association and find a chapter closest to you, visit our website at smga.org. We've seen firsthand how impactful golf can be in aiding one's recovery. The Salute Military Golf Association, empowering wounded veterans one fairway at a time. Visit smga.org. That's smga.org. Yeah, Jim and his staff, they're doing some amazing things at the Salute Military Golf Association. Again, to find out more information, go to smga.org to see how you can get involved. All right, everybody, my sincere thanks again to Kathleen O'Doul and Cindy Miller for making today, you know, today's show so much fun for me to be a part of. I hope you enjoyed it as well. I ask you, please, check out our sister show, Thursday Night Tailgate, with me and my co-host, Bob Lazari, our announcer, Joe LaGianusha. You know that show airs live Thursday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time. You can stream it live over on Blog Talk Radio but uh, and on, on the Armed Forces Radio Network as well. That show, like this one, also available as a uh, free podcast on Podbean. You can also find us on iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player.fm, SoundCloud. We are all over the net. On Thursday Night Tailgate, we're joined every single week by five NFL legends that are sharing their stories and uh, you know from their playing days, plus their insights into today's game as well. We also highlight two players doing great things in their communities in our Spotlight on the Positive segment as well, so you want to hear about that. So we hear so much right about all the negative news right that uh, the players are involved with. Well, you know what? 99% of the guys are doing great stuff, and we spotlight two of them every single week in our Spotlight on the Positive segment. Please check out both shows on Facebook. Give us a, a like. That's important to us as well. You can find this show online at nextonthetea.net or thursdaynighttailgate.com. From either of those sites, you can stream or download any of our archive episodes for free, folks. Plus, stay up to date with who, who some of our future guests are going to be as well. Thank you again for choosing to listen to today's show. We know you've got thousands of shows and podcasts that you have the opportunity uh, to listen to. We appreciate that you're making Next on the T one of them. Until next week, hit him straight, my friends. Why does every golfer need an Orange Whip trainer? Because it works. Feel what it's like to swing like the pros. The Orange Whip is used by over 300 PGA, LPGA, and Champions Tour players. It was voted the number one teaching and training aid by both PGA.com and the Golf Range Association of America. And it's the top swing trainer of PGA and LPGA members. It's also handcrafted in the USA with all American parts. Visit orangewhiptrainer.com to learn more.